The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them now, leave a message. They will get back to you at 905-529-7165. And don't forget about the website, andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. There you can listen to old archive shows as well. Ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all, or hear you anyway. Scott, yes, good to talk with you again. And here we are in another scenario uh, heading into uh, now they're bumping back emergency orders another 30 days. We're going into month two on this. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you see things from, from a financial perspective? Well, you know, uh, certainly in this particular case, the health perspective has taken priority. And kind of the minute-by-minute news has been what, you know, COVID's happening you know, around the world, um, any cures in sight, any new testing equipment. So people have been kind of focusing on that. But in the meantime, obviously, they're also seeing the markets uh, going up and down. And, you know, their uh, March 31st statements are on the verge of coming out right now if they haven't already received them. And they're going to see uh, a decline. So I thought I'd put it in perspective mm. because, again, this is an inter-year decline so far. And to be honest, who knows? I, I can't tell you. I don't have a crystal ball. But I don't know, uh, you know, if it will even be negative by the end of the year. Uh, it's still early in the game, and it's kind of interesting. Back in 1987, we had one of the biggest market declines in one-day percentage market declines, October the 19th, 1987. And it rallied back uh, in, in December, and the market was actually up that year. It was actually a positive year. So, again, it's just the volatility, and it's kind of funny. There's so many quotes that Warren Buffett has, but one of them I like is, every decade or so, the dark clouds will fill the economic skies and they'll briefly rain gold Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) meaning it's a it's often a chance for the money managers to take advantage of those opportunities and i know over the last couple weeks andy and i have talked about how the different managers of mutual funds uh, particularly ones we we deal with are out there and they're finding lots of opportunities right now so markets always respond to the same way when there's uncertainty and that's never not been the case. There's always some kind of, okay, where's the end in sight? Um, this is kind of new, and they're kind of digesting it. So once that happens, the average investor says, okay, I'm out, and there's a lot more sellers than buyers, and they kind of bid down the price. Kind of the exact opposite when you saw in, you know, previous in housing bids where they're bidding up the price. This is the exact opposite. But interesting, the average post-war bear market decline has been 31% which was where it hit going back to the end of March. It was about 31 33%, so very similar. So everybody always says, well, this, you know, that might be the case, but this time it's different. And I often question that different scenario because it is always more unique, okay? It's, it's never exactly the same. And if you look at it, sure, um, there's a pandemic worldwide. That's different. It actually went from an all-time high to a bear market in 16 days. Again, that's, that's never happened before. So, again, that's, that's different. So those are both very unique. But to say that the markets won't get back 
um, to a certain in a certain period of time. And again, that time frame, everybody's unsure of. But if you look at uh, 07, October 07 to March 09, equity markets were n- minus 57%. And at that time, we also said we've never had a financial debacle, really, quite like that. Again, it's very, different. very, was very different. true. And that was a unique situation. And then if you go back even further, say, you know, the terrorist attacks, the market declined right away. And again, that's never happened again, very unique. And even October 87, when the markets declined, the highest percent incre- decrease in one day, again, a unique situation, and that had never happened before either. So really, when we look at market declines, yes, nobody likes them. But historically, as long as you have some patience, some discipline, some long-term, the long-term investors historically have been rewarded for sticking to the plan. And those have not stuck to the plan have always experienced some regret. And case in point, if you happen to have sold back in, uh, uh, geez, not too long ago, just March, uh, say, 23rd, and by now it's already gone up about 20%. So if you said, you know, I'm out, I'm taking the money out, and I'm going to invested at 2%. It would take you 10 years to get back to where you started. And if you just kind of just let it sit there in this short period of two to three weeks, it's already recovered 20%. So again, just kind of ride with it. And at the end of the day, financial planners have really not told people they're going to sit there and try to maximize your return. Because really, it is very difficult. Nobody can predict what asset class is going to be the best, and when the bottom or the top of the markets are. But really, when I, I look back to the 35 years I've been doing this, I really, my, real, my real job is to minimize the long-term regret hmm. people have by not sticking to a plan. And I know, Andy, you've, you've probably dealt with the same thing over the years. Well, and I was, you know, last week we were talking about a client situation who had passed away on March 20th, and the fact that they're portfolio had gone down significantly from the start of the year, about 15 percent. And um, uh, and the issue around that, had, of course, was that the will couldn't be validated uh, in that the client had moved their will to a different lawyer. And at that point, we didn't know, if people remember the story, we didn't know whether the will had been changed or who the executor was. And then, of course, the, the new lawyer was locked down because of uh, their offices were closed and self-isolation, and uh, so no access to the files to actually get to the bottom of this. Well, lo and behold, uh, this week we, the, the lawyer did actually get into the office um, and was able to pull the file. And what we discovered, and it's good news, is that yes, the will had been transferred to a different lawyer but nothing had been changed, nothing had been executed. So the original will that we had is still the original will, and it ended up being a good news at the end of the day. But, um, you know, that, that just illustrated how much volatility we saw in the last month, where on March 20th, the difference between March 20th and this week was over $100,000 that the portfolio had come back. Of course, the issue was, you know, valuations at the time. They were looking at liquidating the investments on the date of death. uh, And uh, 
that would have triggered some significant losses. So we were able to avoid that. So ended up being a win-win scenario. But, you know, that's just a, sh- a small, a short example of how that was just bad timing, of course, with everything going on, but how, from an emotional standpoint, if you had pulled the trigger, not stuck to the plan, and, uh, and this is where I guess the value of advice is so important because uh, without that advice, people tend to make mistakes, and we were actually looking at a information that was showing us the investment flows of capital in and out of stocks versus bonds. And during downturns like this back in 2008 and 2009, there were actually many, so many institutions in the absence of advice, their clients were taking money out during the low periods of the equities stock market down, moving it into fixed income, a perceived safe haven. And then only to discover a year later that the flows were reversing they were moving back from stocks, or sorry, from bonds back into stocks once the markets had already gone up. So a typical, you know, selling low and buying high scenario. And again, I just it, you need to have a plan that's comprehensive. It addresses your what ifs. It stress tests for these exact situations. And at the end of the day, you, it, it's about building your your confidence and being having a confident retirement knowing that uh, things are on track and, and, and designed to be able to meet these road, these speed bumps as we as we might call them along the way is yeah, it and, uh, is it know, not these are the times when you know you really have to have some faith in the kind of the whole financial plan and as well as the investment philosophy that Andy and I put in place or your financial planner if you will and you start looking really what we can just look at is history um, long-term returns of large companies compared to bonds relating all the way back to 1926. So if you look back, the long-term returns of the U.S. returns, which are very similar to Canada, might be 1% difference, but the long-term equity returns have been 10%. The bond returns have been 6%. And inflation has been 3%. Now, again, these are slightly rounded, but at the end of the day, you, you actually end up with, an, when you take into account inflation, twice the return of equities over bonds over almost 100 years. And you think, okay, well, why isn't everybody doing this? Like, what would stop people from obviously investing into the equity side because it's getting twice the returns? This is a, a proven way of investing. And at the end of the day, it's human nature. We are very fearful of what we call risk. And they think of risk is really just volatility, how much things move up and down. But funny enough, people look at risk as only downward volatility, okay, never upward volatility. So when the markets <laughs> go back to February, in the one year ending February, the markets, the U.S. markets were up over 50%. And I know Andy and I had no calls of any fear saying, oh, wow, is this ever volatile? That's right. <laughs> well, and you know what? I know in our in our next segment, actually, I want to talk about uh, the Canada Pension Plan and what we can learn from how they're investing our money, and the philosophies behind asset allocation, and of course, thinking for the long term, right? And 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 that I think is an important lesson because we, you know, people did ask me this week, uh, is my Canada Pension Plan safe? Do do I need to be worried about that? Is it is it invested in stocks? How will that impact my uh, my Canada pension plan? So, 
we'll uh, we'll talk more about that when we come back. And as well, something else I wanted to touch on, uh, guys, and that is, you know, you talk about it being different this time or not different or, or the similarities and common denominators and such. But what about when it comes to a recovery? Because this is, in fact, caused by a pandemic and not for fiscal reasons. So what does that mean when it comes to a recovery? But we've got to take a quick break here. We'll talk about that when we get back. Uh, We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them now and leave a message. They will get back to you at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. There you can listen to old archive shows uh, and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Uh, gentlemen, we were talking about how, you know, uh, when often these sort of blips and and dives and and such happen that they're for different reasons, it's different this time, but when it comes to the recovery, what does it mean when this was caused by something like health reasons, like a pandemic, as opposed to uh, a fiscal reason or or another sort of economic type downturn? Well, you, you still have to look at companies, their whole reason of being in business is to make a profit, and they are really flexible when it comes to finding ways to be more efficient and attracting business. And it may not be a quick, hey, we're back and everything gets back to normal. It may be maybe a gradual. Um, also with testing, um, they're going to find quicker and quicker ways to test people. And they're already down to under an hour for some new tests that uh, just came out in Canada last week. And they figured that will be down to 30 minutes. And who knows in another month how fast they can get tested. Talking so, about a home, they're talking about a home test. Yeah, even a home test, absolutely. So there's so many ways that this will be, you know, if you've got it, they'll, you'll know, and you just stay home for until you don't have it anymore. But, uh, you know, to answer your question, Scott, it, it, it will kind of come back in phases. And, but you have to look at the stock market is already looking six months to a year in advance. So when we're already in the doom and gloom of, well, look at unemployment and everything else, it's already down the road thinking, okay, things are going to recover, and the markets go up already. So to try to time this is practically impossible. In fact, Warren Buffett has always said that, and so have all the other uh, experts. I always like this one quote, there's two types of people, those who can't time the market and those who don't know they can't time the market. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's... At the end of the day, it's, it, it is a little different because of the pandemic. We did go through, I guess, one in the Spanish flu days, but it wasn't really a global economy way, way back then. And so, you know, the markets did go down, but they recovered. And we did have H1N1 in uh, April 2009, but that was already we were in a, a re- kind of a recessionary period at the time, and it was just going up anyway. So it is a... a kind of a shutdown that we've been forced to shut down. But once they start to crank it on again, it will just start to come back piece by piece. That's, that's my opinion anyway. What do you think, Andy? Well, you know what? I was just going to add to it that there, there are definitely going to be winners and losers. 
at the end of the day when this is uh, when the dust settles and as we return to our new normal as we're calling it. And uh, we know that there's also a risk that people, uh, that many people, may end up falling into the poverty level as a result of this too because of the financial hit that they've taken. And um, so, but interestingly enough, at the same time, those people that do live uh, below the standard of, of living poverty, it, they're motivated more than anybody to try and raise their standard of living. And we all are, at the end of the day, we all want to move forward. And so what that forward will look like, obviously, will be shaped from what we've learned through all of this process. And um, just because you think back to the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, how mortgage and housing in the U.S. in particular took on a whole new meaning for people. And uh, so that's that's just part of the legacy of, of that situation. You think about the, the 9-11 crisis and how our travel, the way we travel has changed, and that's just the legacy of, of, of that crisis. And so maybe our health standards or our vaccination rates, people will automatically vaccinate now instead of questioning it. And uh, so there'll be some changes and there'll be a new, a new normal. And, um, and, and from that, as John said, there are companies that will be winners and losers. And uh, I think that that's part of the active management that you see, professional management in any kind of portfolio and even something like the Canada Pension Plan, trying to make sure that um, our, our capital is protected and is going to be there for our future. Yes, and when you look at these days, you know, it is stressful and you have to you know, any any kind of uncertainty creates stress, whether it's health or financial. And right now we got kind of both, actually. So, you know, and it's things that you can't control, some of these things you cannot control. You can't control what the markets are doing tomorrow or how many, you know, what the news headlines will say about uh, COVID-19 tomorrow. So these are all kind of stressful. But what we can do is change the way we think a little bit and take a look at the long-term and use that lens when you're thinking about achieving your long-term goals, and you'll have a lot more confidence. So there's really five main themes here in terms of investing or creating your making sure your financial plan goes to fruition. And the number one is time reduces volatility. Number two, diversification leads to stability. Uh, number three is avoid making emotional decisions. Number four is maintain focus and discipline. And lastly, number five, stay invested. And even if you just look at the last quarter, if, you're, if you are getting your quarterly report, even though the stock markets were down 20% in the first three months of the year, your own mix, depending on where you were, if you're very conservative or even very aggressive, I'm looking at my own clients, they kind of range from a very conservative portfolio of negative 5% to a very, very aggressive portfolio, negative 15%, because you're diversified and you have it in different areas. You're not getting whatever you're hearing on the TV. So you do have to look at your situation and not simply the headlines that you're, you're hearing or reading about. So to use time as your advantage, it's kind of interesting. If you simply look at one month returns, 39% of the time, and I can, when you go back 100 years, 39% of the time, one month returns are negative. 61% of the time, they're positive. So if you look at, say, okay, what about a full year? Well, 27% of the time, it's a negative year. And Andy and I've always said, you know, basically three out of four years is positive. One out of four is negative. And that's basically been shown here. 
If you look at three-year returns, 10% are negative and 90% are positive. And then going out to five years, only 2% are negative. And anytime you've gone 10 years or greater, zero negative years. So if you're betting on the long term, it's very predictable. Long term has always been positive. You have a very good after-tax and after-inflation return on equities. Um, short term, always unpredictable. And that's never been the case. Never not been the case. So it's kind of interesting. You know, we always have this optimism that it will be okay. Well, it turns out if you, as long as you're thinking long term, that's realism. That's not optimism. That's just always been the case. You go 200 years in the stock markets, and that is always the case. But we don't think, well, this time it's going to be different in the next five years, and it never has been. So number two is diversify. And really, you can't guess which asset class will be the best. We've often have these grids showing, okay, this year U.S. equities were the best, the next year it was Canadian long-term bonds, the next year it was real estate. And there's a stack of different asset classes, and they always seem to do differently depending on the year, and, and there's no rhyme or reason. You just look at this maze of, of charts, and one year it really just takes over from the next. It's, it's very difficult. So to try to guess which asset class is just a, a, you know, throwing at a dartboard, really. Um, and as far as uh, looking at the third, is generally the best returns follow the recent, worst returns. So don't from a, avoid making those emotional dis- decisions. Because if you look back to some of the worst years we've ever had, in 2008 was a horrendous year. It was on the stack of all the different years. It was between minus 30 and minus 40%. Well, funny enough, one of the best years uh, minus, was plus 30 to 40% was the following year. So quite often, if this, was, if this turns out to be a negative year, well, then perhaps 2021 may be a very good positive year. Things do balance out, and that's how we end up with this average return. It's not because we end up with a 9% every year kind of performance. As we all know, it's very volatile. So you have to take the good with the bad, and that's why you're getting paid twice the rate of return on equities over bonds because you do have to take into account the ups and downs only in the short run, though. The long run, as long as you have that lens that you're looking at 10 years, you're saying, well, this is a far better investment. And this is a hard thing. is even more so today than it was even 10 years ago. Is we're inundated with information, and it's information overload. So, and if you go back to the days where in 2008 and nine, in March of 2009, the headlines, it was one uh, Economist magazine, it had a bull lying on its side. It was the New York, uh, that bull, that bronze bull, just lying on its side as if it was dead. And that was the headline in March. Capitalism is dead. Coincidentally, that was also the start of a great bull market. So, you know, you got to give the you know the newspapers and the news and the magazines they have to sell they have to sell their uh, their information. And by creating these headlines, that's how they sell it. And uh, stay invested. I know Andy and I talked about this last week, but if you just miss a few good days, it literally can wipe out your return. If you missed 50 days in, in the last 30 years, 50 of the best days, you actually had a negative return. So, again, trying to not um, guess the market or trying to guess the market is going to simply backfire. And then, finally, staying invested, um, again, going with that idea of, of keeping with your long-term plan. I know Andy and I just talked about that, but it's not just an investment plan. This is a holistic financial plan 
we stress test this. We actually have right in your plan this Monte Carlo analysis, taking into account these kind of occasions where the markets are going up and down. And that's why we stress test it. And we use longevity. We take rate of return. We put in expenses. We add in cars. We take an inflation into account. This is all part of your plan. So, again, you know, always go back to your financial plan. And those um, that don't have a financial plan, certainly go to your advisor and ask for a financial plan because it is a great time to go through all these different areas and make sure that you, you know, you've stress-tested your financial plan. So, again, going back with uh, Warren Buffett and one of my, and my all-time favorite quotes of his is be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the um, from, an, uh, from an investor, from an individual listening to us and thinking, well, you know, I have cash. Should I be investing that cash or do I need that cash? And this is what I call the cash conundrum. And when we sort of covet that accumulation of, our, of some of our cash in a bank account, being able to then part with that to invest it into the stock market for a long-term time horizon, you're going to be more confident doing that if you know that you have a plan that addresses where you're going and how your retirement is going to be funded, how your uh, case of an emergency is going to be, all of these components of the plan then frees you up to be able to be confident about investing that cash, knowing that you won't need it. Now, I know a lot of people are cash crunched, and we and I also had this conversation recently about the uh, Canada Pension Plan and will it be okay through all of this. And so that triggered some research on my part. And uh, so I'll share a little bit of information as to where the Canada Pension Plan is now and where they're going uh, in the future, too. And so it's actually a a bit of an anniversary. This is the 20th year that the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, the CPPIB Investment Board, was created 20 years ago. And the purpose of the board was to guide the investment process in the Canada Pension Plan as it shifted from sort of just a transition of money coming in and money going out to an actual investment portfolio that would generate more returns of income for us as, as we go forward. And um, so the gentleman who now runs it, Mark Macon, is the president and CEO, and he's been there for almost all the 20 years. And so we've got a smart, there's definitely a smart group of people there. And what happens is that every three years, our, the Canada Pension Plan has to be audited. And it's audited by external individuals to understand, is it, is it uh, capable for the next 75 years of sustaining the projections in terms of payouts, um, demographics, et cetera. So it's, it's a substantial test. And, of course, the last, the, third, the last time they did it was in December 31st, 2018. And uh, so we're coming up 2021 will be the next audit. So they kind of dodged the actual audit of COVID-19 right in the middle of this. But uh, um, when they look at the returns from the Canada Pension Plan, uh, it, it basically has been guidelines of 3.9% above inflation after expenses and fees. So roughly, if inflation was 2%, roughly about 6% today. But um, one of the things that they looked at was um, the, in, the, 
in the projections from the annual report that they send out, which is only 156 pages. So I read through the whole thing, <laughs> but what I garnered from it was in, by 2025, the board had approved a plan where our, our Canada pension plan, which sits today at $392 billion, will actually increase its exposure up to 33% into emerging markets. And so isn't it ironic that this was last year that this was approved? And, um, and in fact, over the last 12 months, they have increased their exposure by uh, about 20% to the emerging markets with um, focus on China, India, and Latin America. But why are they doing that? And what they're seeing is, again, as we think about, as I mentioned earlier, as people are emerging out of poverty, into a middle-class structure, the demands and the growth opportunities are enormous in those countries. And so to be able to help fund our aging population, having enhanced returns that come along from those emerging market exposure, they felt was an important part of it. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Canada Pension Plan, how it's allocated, what some of the new enhancements are, and uh, a couple of other little tidbits about it as well. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Well, here, but in their own homes, with us all, as we all are. And if you would like to chat with them, you can do that. 905-529-7165. They will return your call. You will hear a live voice. And as well, check out the website at andyanddon.com. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Uh, you're talking about Canada Pension Plan and how safe and secure it is at times like these. Exactly, and uh, we're just talking about some of the changes that uh, have occurred through our through our Canada Pension Plan, but also how it's invested and the mindset around what the future looks like in terms of investment, with a increased uh, exposure to emerging markets as part of the overall investment mix. And then we're talking about three hundred and ninety-two billion dollars, uh, and roughly the breakdown is around seventy percent equities and thirty percent fixed income. And a lot of that is sort of public equity, some private equities, some real estate, uh, 8% infrastructure, and also uh, fixed income and bonds as well. So I think what we learned from that, too, is that in in terms of expectations about the rates of return going forward and having a balanced but globally diversified approach to an investment portfolio is going to be important to maintain um, a rate of return that that exceeds inflation, or it certainly enhances the return above inflation as well. So, and, and this is something too that I reminded people that we've probably forgotten, and this isn't as valuable for those that are already receiving Canada Pension Plan, but last year, 2019, it was Royal Assent, and the government made some significant enhancements to Canada Pension Plan. And the basic underlying philosophy was this, is, was that there's 
as people's income have risen, we needed to increase the amount of Canada Pension Plan benefit for future retirees. And the whole process was going to rely on the fact that there was now going to be investment income earned by Canada Pension Plan through their investment activities, as well as the contributions that people make increasing, the contributions that people are making to Canada Pension Plan. Uh, and, and that's being phased in over a five-year period, and by 2005, will be into the full implementation of those increased Canada Pension Plan. So what does that mean in terms of a income for somebody? If you're making 50000 a year and you started work in 1990 and you expect to retire in 2030, so 10 years from now, you will have had uh, five years, full five years, the last five years from 25 to 30 of the full in- implementation of the increase, and it will result in about... 500 bucks a year more for your Canada pension plan. So it's not a big jump, about $41 a month, but it is completely indexed by inflation. So when I say 41 bucks a month today, it'll be 41 bucks a month uh, 10 years from now, whatever that works out to. If you started work in 2010 and you're going to retire at 2050, you'll get an increase of about $208 a month. And if you start work in 2025, so this would be like my kids, um, and retiring in 2065, I wrote that number down, retiring in 2065. Anyway, um, at that point, uh, you would receive an extra $333 a month. So those are coming, and it's part of the future. And, of course, it has to be funded. So part of the investment strategy, again, is to make sure that these future contributions that people are going to make, plus the earnings that we make on this plan, are going to be there. And so the process is very disciplined. And um, But in terms of qualifying for Canada Pension Plan, again, that really comes down to how much you've earned. We call it uh, your insurable earnings over the years. But you do get a break. You get um, what's called the eight-year dropout rule, which is basically, so if you were unemployed, you were in school, or just simply had low earning years, those those worst eight years get dropped out. And another provision that um, uh, I remind people about is what's called the over-65 dropout. And the over-65 dropout uh, has been introduced, but basically it means if you work past 65 and you had pensionable earnings, like T4 earnings income, that was greater than one of the years that you worked prior to age 65, then they'll drop that old one out and bring the, the new one, higher income one that you've, you've earned this recently in. So that helps increase what you make as well. And, of course, there's still the child-rearing benefit for those people that received family allowance or reduced their income uh, to raise a family or they receive a child tax benefit. And so all of those parts um, still exist, and, uh, and there's been some enhancements to those along the way as well. So it... Um, uh, I think that at the end of the day, the, the idea from, from the Canada Pension Plan is to uh, know that it is being professionally managed, again, by a team of people behind the scenes that are looking at a long-term plan, how to invest this capital, and it's being audited on a regular basis to understand how the performance of the portfolio is being managed and uh, how it's doing relative to inflation. So it actually breaks down into two parts. There's the old Canada Pension Plan, so everything that was contributed up until these new enhancements, and then there's the new Canada Pension Plan, which is actually a separate pool of money, which is being managed for these future payouts. And uh, they blend them together to create this overall balance with a target 
of somewhere around 60-40 is the actual overall target of fixed income, or stocks to fixed income, which is pretty standard for what almost everybody that we have who's already retired. So it, uh, it's a proven formula, and it's, uh, it's, it's worth sticking to, your, sticking to your knitting when it comes to that mix. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Check out their website at andyanddon.com, and you can call and leave a message at 905-529-7165. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them now and leave a message. They will return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. Gentlemen, we're talking about Canada Pension Plan and... Uh, as a result of this whole COVID-19 thing, how you can defer your mortgage. Yeah, so just to finish off with the Canada Pension Plan, you know, it's, it's a, a great diversified portfolio. You know, they, they've, as Andy went through all the different asset classes, the one thing that's kind of interesting, if there's one investment plan or pension plan, if you will, that would be Canadian bias, you'd figure it would be the Canada Pension Plan because obviously it's investing on behalf of all the Canadians. And it has approximately, out of all the equity investments, only 15% in Canadian equities. And it has about the same amount in Asian equities. And as Andy mentioned, they started to raise that a little bit last year, so perhaps uh, even more may be invested in Asia than there is in Canada. So you think back and think, why would the Canadian pension plan invest more outside the borders than, out, than inside the borders? And the answer is they are trying to get the highest return with the least amount of risk. That's it. And they want to get 3% above inflation, and they're doing it at the most beneficial way for all the people that they're investing on behalf. And that's really what Andy and I do for our clients, too. You say, okay, we, want to, we, we don't want to be Canadian biased. We may have more than 15% there. But at the same time, you're diversifying across many asset classes, trying to get the highest rate of return with the least amount of risk. And uh, if it's good enough for Canada Pension Plan, it's good enough for Andy and I, I'm sure. So, and it should be good enough for you. So I just wanted to add that little uh, extra value about the Canada Pension Plan. It is a very well-managed fund. And, and, it, and some other people often say, I said, you know, I, I really don't like mutual funds. Well, really, it, it, managed money is a mutual fund. And Canada Pension Plan is just another form of a mutual fund, as is your own pension plan if you happen to have one at work. So it is simply a pot of money that's invested in many different things and it's run by a manager and that that is the same definition as a mutual fund so just to kind of add some clarity to that now recently there's been some people that of course that have lost their jobs and they have the option of saying okay i could i can defer the interest or my in, my mortgage payments for up to six payments and people are you know asking i think okay is that a good idea well, i got two things. First of all, you have to think, can you afford to keep the payments going? Because if you can, it's probably not a bad idea. Because I don't know about your credit cards and uh, expenses, but since we're sitting inside all the time, <laughs> we're not out in restaurants. There's a lot less uh, called entertainment activity going on. It's basically running the household and eating. 
and maybe car insurance and very little gas because nobody's traveling anymore, too. So generally yeah. speaking, your expenses are down, so perhaps you can still afford that mortgage. And then there's other people thinking, oh, wow, if they're offering this, maybe I should just get it. So I looked at the scenario, and let's say you had a half a million dollar mortgage at 3%, and over 25 years, your mortgage payment would be $2,365 a month. Well, if you stop that for six months, that money is simply added to your balance. So that would mean that $14,190 would be added to your mortgage. So now, after six months, your mortgage is no longer $500,000. It's $514,190. And so at 3%, if it was to renew at that all the way through, you would end up taking an extra 13 months to pay off your mortgage because you deferred these six months. And the cost of that is $30,745. So you really do need to speak to your financial advisor, work through what is the best solution. And again, this isn't something that's done automatically. This is something that the, you have the option to call the bank or institution you borrowed and ask them to defer the payments for this period of time. And of course, if your back's against the wall and you have no other choice, absolutely, that's what it's for. But you should really add it and, and work it into your financial plan. Does it make sense or doesn't it? Yeah, and I was just uh, you know, think about having a budget. Understand if you're struggling with your expenses right now and concerned about meeting that mortgage payment, then um, the point at which you something changes in your employment is the time to call. But in the meantime, I think the homework to do is really understanding budgeting where your expenses are going, what income you do have coming in, prioritizing those uh, obviously food and shelter and uh, the main bills, and then looking for those deferrals, consider a home equity line of credit, and, uh, and in worst-case scenario, speaking with a, a solvency specialist, uh, an accountant, in terms of negotiating uh, a settlement as opposed to bankruptcy. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from in IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They will return your call at 905-529-7165. And don't forget about the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. There you can listen to old archive shows and as well access uh, a question for them with the listener inquiry button. Thank you, gentlemen. Stay safe and uh, keep your hands washed. Yes, you too, Scott. Stay Appreciate you that, Scott. You too. Take care. Thank you. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.